57-43, no conviction. Could you imagine if they'd actually gone forward with having the witnesses? Oh, we'd still be in it for another week, but they spared us because the Democrats screwed it up. Republicans met the bluff. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. 833, you got Tony. 833-468-8669. And that is what happened. They met the bluff. And the bluff was, we're going to call these people. And the Republicans said, or I should say Trump's defense team said, okay, we're going to call everybody under the sun. We're calling Pelosi. We're calling Schumer. We're calling your mom. There is nobody who we aren't going to have as a witness. And I think one of the best lines came from Michael Vanderveen, who is one of Trump's lawyers, who I think came out of this smelling like a rose. He's like, you want to you call witnesses? We need, we're not doing some silly Zoom deposition. Oh, hell no. The House managers to say we need depositions about things that happened after, it's not just not true. But, but... <clears throat> If he does, there are a lot of depositions that need to be happening. Nancy Pelosi's deposition needs to be taken. Come, uh, uh, Vice President uh, Harris's uh, deposition absolutely needs to be taken. And not by Zoom. None of these depositions should be done by Zoom. We didn't do this hearing by Zoom. These depositions should be done in person, in my office, in Philadelphia. That's where they should be done. (laughs) Now, what I think is interesting is that he goes on and people took this as it was funny the way he said Philadelphia because it was Philadelphia. That's what I thought people were laughing at. Right? I, listen... I don't know how many civil lawyers are here, but that's the way it works, folks. When you want somebody's deposition, you send a notice of deposition, and they appear at the place where the notice says. That's civil process. I don't know why you're laughing. It is civil process. That is the way lawyers do it. We send notices of deposition. In the I, notice I, would, of- I would remind everybody... We will have order in the chamber during these proceedings. I haven't laughed at any of you. I didn't take it as a laughing at the way he said it. Right. I I thought it was laughing at the idea that he was going to have people come up to Philadelphia and do depositions like, are you crazy? And he took it real personal. And so maybe it was the way he said it was Philadelphia. I didn't my initial reaction because I didn't even hear it like that. I, I took it as, oh, OK. I like like he's like you want you want to fight? Okay, let's do this. Let's. I got nothing but time, and oh, my bill is going to be huge. Fine by me. Let's go to work. By the way, I dare President Trump not to pay the bill. People are like, oh, he won't even pay the bill. Oh, he's going to pay the bill. <laughs> he's going to pay the bill first.
No question about it. He's going to pay this bill faster than Hunter Biden pays off a mistress in Arkansas. That's how quickly it's going to get done. I thought his whole point was, we can do this all day. I could just wrap your lives up happy to. You want to do it? Let's do it. A very lawyer thing to say. I thought he established himself extremely well. He did great things, I think, for his law firm in Philly. But what he really did was properly make two arguments. Now, these arguments could have been improperly made and you still wouldn't have had a conviction. But the two arguments are, number one, the president of the United States, like him or not, has the right to speak. And number two, the issue on the table was incitement of insurrection. And you didn't prove it. You didn't get close to proving it. As a matter of fact, you didn't even try to prove it. If you take a look at what got said by the Democrats, you'll note that what they argued was the fear factor, not an incitement factor. I can feel for a fear factor when the Capitol's under attack, and I think there are some things about President Trump you just got to come to the Lord on and accept that mistakes were made. Oh, they were made by other people too, but that isn't the argument. I'll get to that in the next hour. This was about incitement of insurrection. And Democrats did not come close to proving it. And when people got angry, oh, look at uh, Trump's legal team. They're just sharing videos they edited, too. Well, first, we're admitting that the first videos presented by the House managers were edited. Secondly, when you have tweets and quotes that weren't actually there and you have to admit that you lied or that's not real, that's a real problem for you. And it makes it does make you look bad. So we're so we're clear. Um, but the, the, the bigger story is you're, to share in fear is one thing. That doesn't put anybody in a level of guilt for it. And they didn't even bother. It's like they didn't bother. Uh, the president, his name is Donald John Trump. You've seen pictures. Hello. Hey, sir. Uh, uh, he's not on Twitter anymore, but he put out a statement. I want to thank uh, my team of dedicated lawyers and others for their tireless work upholding justice and defending truth. My deepest thanks as well to all of the United States senators and members of Congress who stood proudly for the Constitution we all revere and for the sacred legal principles at the heart of our country. It is a sad commentary on our times that one political party in America is given a free pass to denigrate the rule of law, defame law enforcement, cheer mobs, excuse rioters, and transform justice into a tool of political vengeance and persecute, blacklist, cancel, and suppress all people and viewpoints with whom or which they disagree. I always have and always will be a champion for the unwavering rule of law, the heroes of law enforcement, and the right of Americans to peacefully and honorably debate the issues of the day without malice and without hate. And then he goes on uh, from there. May God bless all of you. And may God forever bless the United States of America. He's 2-0. and oh. Now we'll see the push on the 14th Amendment. Because if you've uh, engaged in insurrection, well, you can't hold a position of honor. All of this to keep Trump from running. But it's much more than just about punishing President Trump. It seems very obvious to a lot of people. It's about punishing anybody who may have been supportive. I'll say it again for the people in the cheap seats. Totally supported the policies. 
Policies of low taxation, policies of reduction of regulation, policies of dealing with China and understanding them as the enemy of free people, of civilization in general, policies of taking a look at the border and making sure that we are actually enforcing them, policies regarding trade theft, uh, and, you know, trade secret theft and intellectual property theft. All, uh, I favor all of it. Pushing for a strong military and not utilizing the military as a tool of social justice, I favor those things. That doesn't mean I favor every action. And as I said, we'll get into it. One of the funnier pieces came from Ted Cruz. Now, I got to believe him when he says this is true. I have to believe him when he says this is true. He has actual impeachment trial questions that didn't make the cut. So he's claiming that while they were trying to figure out whether they were going to, you know, have uh, witnesses or or not, um, I thought I'd share some of the questions in the pile that didn't make the cut to be asked yesterday, right? Senators can ask questions of the impeachment uh, managers. Now, he doesn't say which which senators asked this he's only saying they were questions in the pile question number one where's the short fat guy dude i'm sorry i had to laugh shame on me he's talking about gerald nadler obviously that's messed up who asked that question what senator asked that question i believe it was ben sass I have no proof of that whatsoever, but I figure, what the heck, he voted for a conviction, throw him under the bus. I'll, I'll talk about Ben Sass, Senator Sass, coming up, I promise. Next question. Can we build the Keystone Pipeline if we add Hunter Biden to the board? <laughs> I, look, I'm putting it out there. There's absolutely no way these are real. None whatsoever. Um, have any of the house managers had sexual relations with a Chinese communist spy? Please explain. And if we put him in a burlap sack and throw him in the river and he does not float, must we convict? It's a witch trial, people. It's a witch trial. And it was. But not everything should somehow be tossed. No, something should be discussed openly. And one of those questions is the society that we want. And it goes to a larger point. Are we people who believe in the systems and the rule of law, or are we people who believe in the rule of man? I fear a society that doesn't believe in the rule of law. I find it dangerous. Count me out of the idol worship business. I'll explain why in a little bit. I'm Tony Katz. It's a retraction from the New York Times. Tony Katz, a 90... Ah, Tony, one President's Day and you're just a mess. Tony Katz today, that's the name of the show. 833, got Tony. 833-468-8669. Good Lord. It's a retraction from the New York Times. And this retraction is about the death of Brian Sicknick. Who's that? Capitol Police officer, we were told, was hit in the head with a fire extinguisher never happened now we know that because we've been discussing this now the new york times is retracting it so let's make a 
generalized argument. This was the reporting at the time. We've gotten new information from medical professionals that say this, that there is no uh, proof that this caused death. When it, We don't even have proof that it happened, according to medical professionals. So the question is, why is it still out there? There's a lot of honoring of Officer Sicknick, and I'm not saying that we should somehow think poorly of the man. He is dead. He did serve. Why? How did it come to be that we got this explanation to begin with? That he died from brain injuries he sustained after Trump loyalists who overtook the complex structure. The complex, I should say, struck him in the head with a fire extinguisher, according to two law enforcement officials. Was it ever confirmed by two law enforcement officials? Or was it just a good story that everybody decided to run with? The question is whether or not this was actual reporting and then more was learned, whether this was a narrative that was built on a dead officer. Because the death of the officer certainly elevated in the minds of people the horror of the day. Especially when the first moments of it were reporting and things were coming out. And oh my gosh, and oh my gosh. As opposed to just normally reporting it, was anything invented? I mean, that's a, that's a legitimate, valuable, worthwhile question. And since everything was reported as, as absolute fact from the beginning, well, who did any um, legwork? Who even bothered to find out whether it was true? Or did they just say it was good enough to just put it out there? Was anybody from the Sicknick family saying, no, 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 this isn't what happened, and press not listening to them because they needed the narrative and needed the story? This is the horror show of a world where journalists aren't journalists. And I am not even making the accusation. Rather, I am asking the question that should cause the investigation. And if nobody is interested, then I'm making an accusation. If nobody wants to know how this story came to be, and they're just like, oh, well, guess we got it wrong, then it's an accusation. You made it up on purpose. You did it because you wanted to create more issue. You didn't know what was going to happen, so you threw some stories out there. That is evil and despicable. And why do people call media the enemy? Well, right now, I don't know if I can say that. Maybe somebody should answer the question of how this story got out. The weather is the other big story. If you have not seen, Producer Ari, did you see the ice in Texas and the car accidents? I've seen some videos, yeah. It's frightening. Interstates, they can't break. They can't stop. And so it's car hitting car. And then there's, there's um, uh, 18, you know, the, the tractor trailers, the 18 wheelers hitting each other. Cars going up end over end. It, it, looks, it looks like like the end of Blues Brothers. Right? Just, just cop cars getting destroyed everywhere. This is cars of all kinds. And there are people in those cars. It's horrifying. To witness. Now, this cold weather is everywhere. Everywhere. You go down to Texas, you come all the way up Arkansas uh, through uh, that tip of Missouri into Illinois, the full of Indiana, where where I live, 
we're expecting a foot of snow. Right? We're expecting a foot. University of Nebraska-Lincoln has canceled classes due to the cold. Why? My, my latest, I was checking out uh, KFOR. Right? I was checking uh, them out, KFORnow.com. The temperature, 12 below with a wind chill 31 below. That's what we call chilly, in case somebody didn't know. But the story is, is that the university has canceled um, uh, for Monday and Tuesday. So for Monday and Tuesday, online remote proceeds as normal. Um, but Univers- University of Nebraska-Lincoln classes in person uh, are, are canceled. And then you've got the Lincoln Electric System asking customers to take, take steps to conserve energy. Because of increased electric and natural gas usage, natural gas usage because of the cold. The same thing is going on in Texas. They're like, uh, we can't handle this. We cannot handle this at all. I don't know who's going to listen. I don't know who's going to listen. And I don't know what kind of temperatures you're supposed to change it to. So when it's cold, and it's cold here, right? I mean, we're going to have a high of, uh, of what, like 18 degrees today. But it's going to get down to, to one, and of course, it's going to feel like lower than that. Uh, Ari, uh, wh- where do you keep your your heat? Like in my house? Yeah, no. No, no, no. Not in, in your body. Where do you keep? Yes, in your house. I don't understand what you mean. Like, What's I, the temperature set at? Oh, uh, you're going to laugh at me. It's 63. 63? Yeah, I'm, I like it pretty cold. 63 is pretty cold. Yeah, the, uh, the missus is not a fan. You keep it at 63? Is this a cost-saving feature? It may have something to do with that. All right. I also jack it way up in the summer, like the air conditioning. My air, my air, I spend all my bills in the, in the summer to cool the house. I don't care if it's freezing. Well, you might. Uh, Mine is at 69. Nice. Right. Um, If you think you can bring it down a couple degrees and throw on a sweater, cool. What I think you need to do is check on a neighbor and make sure they're okay. Check on your neighbors no matter where you are. Make sure they're cool. I mean warm. You know what I mean. This is the time. Seriously. Be that neighborly person. Go knock on a door or make a phone call. This is Tony Katz today. Stay warm. So Utah makes a command decision, and they say you can carry a firearm. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. We're talking about allowing uh, concealed carry without a permit. This got signed into law. Says you can carry a concealed weapon without a permit. 17 other states have this in one way or uh, another. Reduces permitless open carry, which was already legal, and includes significant funding for suicide prevention. It's an interesting argument that uh, gets made that somehow if you don't have permits, you're making it easier for people to to kill themselves. Uh, For anybody who understands or has been through uh, depression or or suicidal thoughts, as I have, um, I don't think you need the weapon. I uh, if I remember correctly, and I and I do, uh, I, I never I never needed the gun to think of ways. Yeah, it was an ugly time. Things got better, 
right? And that's that that's uh that's the way it goes. Or at least that's the way it, it, it went for me. It got it got better. But the idea that you you know you needed a you needed the gun and, and we if we if we don't allow permits we're gonna make it easier. Ooh, I'm not buying in. By the way, the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, one eight hundred two seven three eight two five five if you ever need it. One eight hundred two seven three eight two five five. Do not do not be afraid to make that call. Do not be embarrassed to make that call. Do not be ashamed to make that call. Don't do any of those things. Make the call. I'm here to tell you it can get better. It did for me. It's an interesting bill, though, what they call House Bill 60. It states that any individual who is 21 or older may lawfully possess a firearm, may carry a concealed firearm in a public area without a permit. Now, this doesn't change. It's important for people to note that when you purchase the firearm, you're still going to pass a background check. So this does not create some kind of willy-nilliness about who can carry a firearm. What it does is it removes one of the impediments to the Second Amendment. And I value those things. Now, what's interesting is that this got uh, this legislation had come up in Utah a few years back. And the governor there, I don't know, was it Gary Herbert or Gary Hebert? I think it was Gary Herbert. I, I could be wrong. A Republican vetoed it. Utah has over 26,000 carry uh, permits. Um, and that's what they issued in the fourth quarter of 2020, re- renewed another 18,000. Now, here's what's interesting. There are 718,000 valid concealed carry permits in the state. 290,000 for Utah residents, 427,000 for non-Utah residents. Why? Because there's a, there's a, a, a class and a, and a test and the utah license has something called reciprocity with a lot of states i am staring at my utah carry permit right now i got this when i lived in california from my days in los angeles i went and took uh took the class and took the test and and, and and that was it. And I look at the picture of myself on my license, uh, on my permit, I should say. And I'd be like, I'm like, yeah, I'd arrest me. This is not a good picture, producer. Sorry. No one but, has ever had a good driver's license picture. Uh, yeah, but this is but this is my concealed firearm permit uh, photo, and it and it's a problem. No one's my, ever had my, a good identification photo picture. All right. Let me hold on. I'm looking at my driver's license right now. Oh no, I'm hot there. I would totally hit that. Oh, you're so yeah. weird. My Indiana. One, see, Indiana is different. Indiana, it's licensed to carry a handgun. It's, it's, that's, they're, they don't even discuss the conversation of concealed carry in Indiana. They're silent on the issue, which is really interesting. You know, they, they, they don't, they don't even play. They don't even bother. By the way, when, oh, that's right. Mine, it's a lifetime. It never expires. So I'm, I'm, I'm covered. I'm I'm covered in all the ways that I think I'm supposed to be covered, at least. You know, that's it. Uh, this is interesting. Now, they're trying this in Indiana. Of course, somebody you hear on this show uh, who fills in from time to time, Guy Relford, known as the gun guy, uh, the, the leader of the 2A project, uh, Relford Law Offices. Uh, he's working on this. He's been testifying to try and get things like this uh, accomplished. I favor this. Oh, with everything in me, I favor this. Because I don't believe in impediments to the Second Amendment. 
I did not say you couldn't do a background check. Not making that argument. The idea of the license or the permit is an impediment. Because first, there's the idea of shall issue versus may issue. Meaning some places, they you say, I would like a permit. Here's the form. Fill it out. We, there it is. There you go. They do whatever background check they do, and that's it. Some places are may issue, meaning, oh, you want to carry a firearm? Tell us why. Oh, we don't like your answer, so no. You see that from sheriffs in, in California, uh, in, in counties a lot. You don't have the right to say no. Who the hell are you? Who the hell are you? You're going to tell me I don't get my Second Amendment rights because the sheriff has some kind of issue? I don't care what the sheriff has an issue with. Go have yourself a drink and sit down. <laughs> uh, adults are going to do what adults do, and adults engage in protection, protecting themselves and the ones they love. So I have issue with these things. I have no issue with background checks. None whatsoever. Now, people will look at this and say, this is not common sense gun reform. Well, the people who push common sense gun reform are actually in favor of you not being able to to utilize a firearm. They're in favor of you not having the opportunity. They're in favor of the sheriff being able to determine your rights. The sheriff can't determine your right to an abortion, but the sheriff can determine your right to something that's in the Constitution. You see how that works? Holy cow. So I'm I'm very, very happy about this. Su- super, uh, super excited uh, about where this is going and, and, and what this means. And you understand that some of the reason this is happening right now because is because Biden's White House, was it HR 127? Someone's going to correct me on social media. If I'm wrong, I don't think I am. Is 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 radical the anti-gun desire in the biden administration and amongst the political left is it we're not talking common sense as they even like to phrase it, and i disagree of course with that terminology this is radical registry of how much ammunition you own and publicly putting out your address so everybody knows where you live When one of the lawyers got home from representing President Trump, they found that there were threats spray-painted on his driveway. Good civil society we have here. What happens when everybody knows whether you have a weapon in the house or whether you have, how much ammunition you have in the house? How many people are going to say, well, I can't let my, uh, uh, you know, children... Uh, play over there oh teachers do you know that they have they have uh, weapons we gotta protect the children how many schools are going to go protect the children that's um i mean that's what's coming and if you say to me, oh, Tony, that's ridiculous. Well, what other reason is there for having a gun registry and letting everybody know where you live? What is the other reason for having no privacy whatsoever? I mean, it just, it, it, it plays itself out as clear as day. It just can't be, it can't be denied.
It just can't be denied. So I think a lot of this is preemptive for a uh, fight on the Second Amendment. So good on Utah. Let's see what Indiana does. Let's see what other states do in following suit. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. I guess I didn't know how bad the power situation was in Texas. They're now doing rolling brownouts and blackouts. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Holy cow. Because of the record demand. Rotating outages to protect electric grid reliability. This is all over Austin. So they got the snow. And then they got the cold. Everything's iced over. It doesn't happen often. You can appreciate that they're not ready for it. They're not prepared for it. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Did I say hello? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Never go a day without MSNBC reminding you what they think of you. And you had in, in, in the day before the trial, uh, far-right conservative lawyer Chuck Cooper come out in the pages of the Wall Street Journal debunking the constitutional claim. I thought this was some of the most airtight evidence. They literally put the Constitution up, which is a Republican shtick. That's what Republicans do. The Democrats had the letter of the law on their side. They had the constitutional claim. They had plenty of conservative lawyers. But that seems to be what they're hiding behind today. And I wonder what, what you make... The Constitution is shtick? Holy cow. That's a bunch of shtick. It's a weird thing to say to somebody out loud. You're just hiding behind the Constitution. Should we be clear that hiding behind the Constitution is what it's there for? It's not a hide. It's a shield against people who attack rights. If I don't want to testify and I plead the fifth because my job is not to make your job easier, am I hiding behind the Fifth Amendment? Well, that's what people say. That's what they say when they don't understand what the amendments are for and that the Constitution's value is that it protects us from them because they are vicious, nasty sons of guns. I mean, they're nasty, nasty people. It can't be denied. It, it, was, uh, it was Barack Obama who said the problem with the Constitution is that it's a grouping of negative charters. It's what the government cannot do to you versus what the government must do for you. Uh, yeah. And that's why the Constitution's great, and that's why Barack Obama isn't. Because that differential is the difference between a life well-lived and a life where you live at the grace of others. And very often, they don't have any grace at all. Now, there's a bunch of other things going on, and one of those is the story of T.J. Ducklow. T.J. Ducklow is out. Now, I will tell you that he is the uh, White House, or was the White House Deputy Press Secretary, and he was only suspended for a week. Why in the world was he suspended? He was suspended because he's in a relationship with a reporter named Alexi McCammond. And someone found out about it, was doing a story about it. So he called the reporter who was doing the story about it and said, I will destroy you. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. What's the big deal? Well, you have somebody who's the deputy press secretary to the president of the United States in a sexual relationship with a reporter who's covering the president of the United States. 
Oh, well, no, it's it's not that simple because uh, she went to her bosses at Axios and he went uh, to his boss and the bosses at Axios said, you know what we'll do in order to ensure there's no impropriety whatsoever. We'll take you off the Joe Biden beat and we'll put you on the Kamala Harris beat. You see, you'll be covering the vice president. No problem. Politico reporter woman said, this is a story. I'm going to run it. Now, you can agree or disagree whether or not it's a story. Maybe there's nobody's business, what have you. The counter to that would be if this was in the Trump administration, if somebody had even brought Hope Hicks a sandwich and lingered too long, it would be uh, 24 column inches in the Washington Post. So maybe this is a story of impropriety in terms of coverage and, and pillow talk and things like that. So she goes to cover the story. Story. The White House gets wind of this. Says, oh, 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 they give the story to People Magazine, and People Magazine does this does this spread on on this couple's power couple. Oh, and for love, she changed her career, and she didn't change anything. Okay, but then we learn that T.J. Ducklow went to this Politico reporter and said, "I will destroy you," and then accused her of jealousy and said, "You're just." You just think it's a problem that that's, I'm I'm having sex with somebody somebody else wants to and this this crazed conversation, but the best is I will destroy you. Like I am really hoping that one day I can be in Los Angeles and someone will say to me, "You'll never work in this town again." Like that's the dream. I'm only hoping that something that crazy can happen. So T.J. Ducklow, when this was found out, got suspended by the White House for one week without pay. And people like myself said, wait a second. We were told by Joe Biden that if you disrespect somebody, if you talk down to somebody, if you demean somebody, he'll fire you on the spot. Why is this guy getting him getting a week suspension? Well, a couple of days later, it turns out that he resigned. I'm resigning from the White House. I'm devastated to have embarrassed and disappointed my White House colleagues and President Biden. And after discussion with White House Communications leadership tonight, I resign my position and will not be returning from administrative leave. I know this was terrible. I know I can't take it back, but I also know I can learn from it and do better. It's not representative of who I am as a person. and I'll be determined to earn back the trust of everyone I have let down because of my intolerable actions. Now, I've got a question. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. What was it like in the room? What was it like when they said to him, "You gotta go," and he said, "Whoa, whoa, 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 whoa! You, I, I, you, you, you can't make me go. I'm, I'm, I'm one of you." I'm one of you. I'm in this. I, I fought the good fight. Oh, you! This is this is nothing. The rules don't a- apply uh, to us. No one else was in the room where it happened. The room where it happened. The room where it happened. What happened when they called him in and said, "You're gonna quit now, and you're done, and you're gonna have to go all that work, and you lasted maybe less time than Anthony Scaramucci." I'm, I would love to know that story, but I, you know, he resigned, whatever. I, I don't accept it because Joe Biden made us a promise that he wouldn't accept this. And he did.
How was that, that? That's quick to a pretty big lie to show how much how much care you have and how giving and how loving you are. This is Tony Katz today.